Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. My name is Lindy, and I'm a member of the All Souls teaching team. And I just want to say that if you thought church started at 1030 and you didn't realize we'd move the time to 10, that is okay. I know some people just snuck in. Before we begin, let's take a moment and pray together. God, we come to you with thankful hearts that we're in your presence this morning and that we're welcome here. Just pray that you would bless our time in your word. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here. And we continue today, of course, through the season of Epiphany. When we're focused on God revealing himself to us. And in Epiphany, the tone changes. You know, we recently came through the season of Advent with its themes of darkness and watchfulness. And then in Christmas, we saw Jesus choose to lower himself to be born in human form and come into our world born into near poverty and ordinariness. And we saw this theme of humility. But now it's epiphany, and God reveals himself. And whenever God reveals himself, the theme is always glory. So we get a little glory here near the beginning of our new year. And we don't mind that. Most of you know that Ben and I moved here less than a year ago. And because of that, we have frequently found ourselves in getting-to-know-you conversations. And the way that usually works is I ask you questions about you, and you ask me questions about me. Where would you grow up? Tell me about your family. What do you do for fun? But, you know, it doesn't matter what we ask each other. It literally does not matter what those questions are. Because the whole point of the exercise is that it gives us each the chance, should we so choose, to reveal ourselves to the other and be known by each other. Because without that revelation, without our choosing to reveal ourselves, we will not know each other. We will not have that base for our relationship. So God reveals himself to us. The theologian J.I. Packer said, all my knowledge of God depends on his sustained initiative in knowing me. His sustained initiative in knowing me. God's always the initiator. He's the caller. We're the responder. And the most encouraging thing I can say to you this morning is that God is always coming toward us, always with that intention of revealing himself so that we would know him. If at some point in your life you learned your catechism, you will remember that God reveals himself to man in three ways, through the person of Jesus Christ, through creation, and through scripture. 
God reveals himself to us through Jesus, through creation, and through scripture. And that third one is where we're going today. You know, certainly if we want to know God, and that is our life's work, right? We want to pay careful attention to what God has actually said about himself in scripture. And our passage today is a place we can do that. Our text is Isaiah 40, the last 10 verses that we heard Providence read earlier. So you know that in the Old Testament, when God wanted to speak to his people, he spoke through a prophet. And that was very serious business, to the extent that Deuteronomy 18 includes a warning that if a prophet claims to have a message from God that God didn't actually command, the penalty is death. God's people were not having that. So God took his communication with his people very seriously. And our prophet today, Isaiah, like most of the Old Testament prophets, did a little bit of foretelling and a little bit of warning. But his main job was to challenge God's people to remember who God was and what he had done among them, and what he required of them. And much of Isaiah's prophetic ministry was these reminders, because they just couldn't seem to hang on to that, who God was among them. So in our text today, as we pick up in verse 21, we'll actually hear that reminder language. As a matter of fact, Isaiah starts by firing off four reminder challenges that we heard Providence read earlier. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? And obviously the implied answers to the reminder challenges are yes, 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 and also yes. In other words, you know this, God's people. This is just a reminder. So then in this next section, this is what I really want you to hear. This is what God has to say about himself through the words of the prophet Isaiah. God gives us a picture of what he's like. So as I read this again to you, please listen for what God wants us to understand about himself. And you might also notice that this section reads pretty much like a poem. He sits enthroned above the sphere of the earth, and its people down below are as small as grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads out the heavens like a tent to live in. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts each night, one by one, and calls each star by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one star is missing. So what do you think of that? 
you know, in this little handful of verses in the middle of Isaiah 40, God reveals himself as creator, as an orchestrator, as a bringer about of order and beauty, and someone who not only pays attention to the details, but takes delight in them to the extent that every night he puts the stars in the sky by calling out each of them one by one by name. What a picture for God to paint for us. Obviously, this shows us not only God's great majesty, but I hope you also heard God's loving tenderness. Did you hear tenderness in that starry story? So hold on to that theme of tenderness as we move into verse 27. When God bends down just a little lower, he looks right into our hearts and asks the question that God knows is in the human heart. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my life is apparently hidden from the Lord. My concerns are disregarded by my God. My concerns are disregarded by my God. I've thought that. I've prayed stuff like that. God, you have a lot of power, but you don't seem very attuned to what's heaviest on my heart, the stuff I'm praying about. And by the way, what about Ukraine? What about the Middle East? My neighbor's diagnosis? My friend's struggle? Your lack of intervention, frankly, God, is puzzling. And not only have I had those thoughts, but I know that I will again. Because that's the way our lives cycle, right? Isn't that part of being human? That's the way our faith is stretched and formed. So, continuing on in Isaiah 40, here is the response. And it starts again with reminder language. Do you not know? Have you not heard? This is nothing new, God's people. You know this. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. And his ways are unfathomable. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. His ways are unfathomable. So the response here is a reminder when we ask the big questions to remember who God is. But I wonder how you hear that this morning. Does it possibly feel dismissive to you? Does it feel like the answer is maybe we shouldn't even bother asking the big questions because we wouldn't understand the answers anyway? 
unfathomable. And so our only choice is to just remain in the struggle. Maybe. But I don't think so. Not in this chapter. Remember, we're in Isaiah 40. And even though it wasn't part of this morning's reading, this is the chapter that starts out, comfort, comfort my people. Speak ye tenderly to Jerusalem. And I think that's Isaiah's tone here. Let me, let me ask you this. Have you ever tried to explain something to someone? Maybe to a little child, or maybe you were trying to teach someone something, and they just couldn't get it, and you finally said, trust me. Just, just trust me on this. I think that when we say that, it's not our intention to be dismissive or belittling. I think what we mean is, you can rely on me to have more experience in this situation. I've done this before. I have more understanding, more wisdom to apply. You don't understand yet. You'll understand later. But in the meantime, you can let go of the struggle. And I, can, I hope you can hear that this way. And there's one other thing that I want you to see in this passage. When I read these 10 verses in Isaiah 40, I feel like we see Isaiah holding attention for us between receiving God's comfort and receiving God's challenge. God's comfort and God's challenge. And I think there's a spectrum between the two that we slide up and down our whole lives long. God's comfort is always there for us. But I also know it's my human nature, my inclination, to sometimes get very comfortable receiving God's comfort. Feels good to be there, and I get stuck to the extent where sometimes I'm not attuned to hearing God's challenge. Did you notice in the gospel reading this morning in Mark 1, Jesus is all over the countryside doing his healing ministry, and it wears him out, and he goes off to pray and get refueled and receive God's comfort. But by the time the disciples catch up to him, Jesus gets up and he says, on to the next town. This is what I came to do. So even though I know that I sometimes get stalled out in camp comfort, and maybe you do too, I also know with all my heart, when Jesus is moving on, I want to be moving on. And when God says in Jeremiah 33, I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not, I want that. When I read Galatians 5, if we live in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
That's what I long for. Something for us to think about. Our text this morning closes with a promise. And this promise is for each of us, no matter where we are this morning along that spectrum between receiving God's comfort and receiving God's challenge. Take heart. This is for you. And I think it will sound familiar. Isaiah 40, verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Strength for the path. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.